over the last several weeks, you and I have been looking at something from the scriptures. Open with me again to the book of Amos chapter 9. And if that is hard for you to find, don't worry about it. We'll have it on the screen for you. But we have been uh, talking about supernatural acceleration. And this is something the Lord brought up to us a few weeks ago, something I thought was just going to be something we talked about for a few minutes at, at our offering time, but man, I can't shake it. And the Lord is definitely saying something to us. So let's look at it more today. And I'm just going to warn you in advance, I'm loaded. <laughs> I am so loaded today. I, I, I got way too many notes. <laughs> you hear that nervous laughter? Oh, good. <laughs> the Lord's going to help us. But the Bible says in Amos chapter 9, verse 13, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall dip, uh, drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I like it from the Message Bible. It says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. Man, can you look and imagine the environment that you, are in, you and I are in right now and these mountains that surround us. Can you just imagine blessings flowing off these mountains? This is the kind of picture the Holy Spirit is painting for us here. But it's a picture of supernatural acceleration. And God spoke very early in his word and he said, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will remain. Everything God does in the earth, he does in that order, seed, then time, then a harvest. The Bible itself is called the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And that seed gets sown in the life of a believer. And if, if that believer will give it time, that seed will produce a harvest for you. Everything in this natural world is based on that system. Everything started as a seed. I don't know if you've ever been out west to the west coast and in northern California, you can go into the redwood forest. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that firsthand. A couple of years ago, Sarah and I and the kids were down around Lake Tahoe and you see some of the same thing. Some of these trees that stand almost unimaginably tall. I'm talking 200 feet tall and so big around that it would take a dozen people or more linked hand in hand to just surround the whole thing. And it's massive. It's nearly hard to wrap your mind around. But what's even harder to, to consider, what's even harder to wrap your head around is that whole thing used to exist in a seed. That whole thing existed inside a seed. And that seed is how God does everything. And the way you see the seed work in the natural world that's just an outward picture of the way things work in the spirit. Seed, time, harvest. Everything is a seed. You included. That's, that's how you started. That's how I started. I'm not going to get into all the details of that, but that's how we started. If anybody's unsure about that process, we'll have altar ministers here at the end of this service. And 
You want to ask where babies come from? I'm sure they'd be glad to help you understand that. But just trust me when I say you started as a seed and everything you are right now was inside that seed. It's an amazing thing to think about. And what this scripture is saying, that there is a time that's coming. Did you notice he said, when the plowman will overtake the one who harvests. Other translations talk about you are, you're going to be harvesting and sowing at the same time. Sowing, harvest, sowing, harvesting, sowing, harvesting. Well, what's that about? It's still the same process. Seed gets sown. You've got time and there's a harvest, but there's a change that's being taken place in that time portion. Time is being condensed. And that's what this supernatural acceleration that we've been talking about, that's what this is all about. Let me just define a couple of these words for you. Get a better understanding of what, what we're hearing here. The word supernatural literally means of or relating to an order of existence, listen, beyond the visible, observable universe. You might say beyond what you can see. The supernatural, when we use the word supernatural, we're referring to what we can't see, which is nothing new to us because we walk by faith and not by what you can see, right? So the supernatural is of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. I like this. It's departing from what is usual or normal, especially so as to appear to transcend the laws of nature. That's what the supernatural does. Nature has laws, but the supernatural has laws as well. And the laws in the supernatural transcend or supersede the laws of nature. So that's what the word supernatural means. Let's add to it the word accelerate or acceleration. The word accelerate means to bring about at an earlier time. So see, we're talking about that time portion of God's process. And when things are being accelerated, then we're getting to the end at an earlier time. You know what that, you know what I'm talking about. It takes you X amount of time to get from here to Denver, unless you accelerate. <laughs> then, right, you can get there in a shorter amount of time. And there's many among us who are trying to set records all the time. <laughs> Acceleration means to bring about, accelerate to bring about at an earlier time. Acceleration means the act or process of moving faster or happening more quickly. So when you take these words and you put them together, supernatural has to do with something beyond the natural laws, beyond what you can see. And you take the word acceleration to complete at an earlier time. What's the Lord saying to us? When he gets involved, things happen quicker. When he's in it with you, all the natural laws can tell you it's going to take this long, this much time, this much work, this much effort, this much money until you get the supernatural involved in it. And then all your math goes out the window because of this acceleration, supernatural acceleration. I want to read to you a word of the Lord that came through a man named Dr. Jerry Savell, who many of you are familiar with. This is somebody I grew up around almost to the point where we call him Uncle Jerry. 
But I want you to listen to this word of the Lord that came through him a few years ago. And I believe has everything to do with what we're talking about right now. The Lord said to him and through him, these are days of acceleration, says the Lord. Days in which I will cause those who demonstrate an uncompromising stand on my word and an unwavering faith in my promises to experience in one year what used to take 10 years and in two years what previously took 20 years. I'm in a hurry, saith the Lord, to get things done and to fulfill all that I have declared and you are the generation that will see it come to pass. Settle it in your heart once and for all that giving up, giving in, and turning back are no longer a part of your lifestyle. And I assure you that your future will be filled with good things and your victories will be many. Praise the Lord. He said, these are days of acceleration. So I believe this is very very pertinent to you and I and, and what the Lord's saying to us right now. Brother Jerry went on to say, he said, if you're not careful, you can come to the place where you're speaking the word, but you're not really expecting it to come to pass. He said, you can do it religiously with no faith in it. Now, if we're going to believe big then yes, we must be willing to stand long. Now, these are my, my words now. Faith and patience do go hand in hand, and we have to develop a no-quit mentality. But why does the Bible warn us about not growing weary in well-doing? Why? Because it's very easy to grow weary in well-doing. Let me take just a few minutes here and unpack some of this. Brother Jerry said, it's possible to come to the place where you're declaring the word, but you're not really expecting it to come to pass. This is something you and I must be watchful over because we can go through some faith motions, things that look like faith, sound like faith, even to the point where we are convinced ourselves we are in faith, but faith is of your heart. What's going on in your heart? Because you can take somebody who's saying all the faith things and doing all the faith things and they not have any faith in it at all because faith is of the heart. Now, we're talking about acceleration and um, one of the things you and I have to be watchful over in, in living by faith and walking by faith is that we don't get to the place where we just automatically expect things to take a long time. The scripture does talk to us, like I said a moment ago, about not growing weary in well-doing. Why would he have to say don't grow weary in well-doing? Because it's really easy to grow weary in well-doing. It's easy to get tired. It's easier to get tired of standing, to get tired of believing. But he said if you don't grow weary in well-doing, you will reap if you don't faint. And the Bible is full of examples of people who stood and believed for a long time. Abraham, is he not a great example of what it looks like to believe God and to believe God and to keep believing God and to keep believing God? 
to have a word from God. God calls him the father of many nations. How many kids did he have when God called him a father? Exactly none. None. And yet he's got this word from God. I will make of you a great nation. A great nation. I'm calling you the father of many nations. And it would be easy to think, wow, what a word. I believe that. I received that. And you think, well, surely, uh, you know, baby's on the way. But baby wasn't on the way. Not that year, not the next year, or the next, or the next, or the next. And yet his whole life is a demonstration of what it's like to keep believing and keep believing and stay faithful and give glory to God all along the way and don't give up and don't waver. And we see it. A few years later, the promise comes to pass. Joseph, another great example of somebody who's got a word from God. And even though that, didn't word, that word didn't come to pass on Monday, it didn't come to pass the next week or the next month, he stood with it. He stayed with it. He believed it. God spoke to him when he was a teenager, gave him dreams and visions about his whole family bowing down before him. Now, whether he should have shared those dreams or not, I don't know. But he did, and it sort of got him in a lot of trouble. And it looked like the very opposite was happening. Not only are these people not bowing down to you, they're trying to kill you, brother. They are throwing you in a pit. They are selling you into slavery. But the Bible says the Lord was with him. And Joseph held on to that word year after year after year. And did that word come to pass? Yes, it did. So there are great examples throughout the word of God of people staying with it, sticking with it, believing God, not growing weary, not fainting, and that word of the Lord coming to pass. But we have, I think we have so held those examples up that we have maybe subconsciously convinced ourselves it's going to take that long every time. I don't know if anybody would say that out loud, but I, I've recognized that even in my own heart where I automatically think, if I'm going to do this by faith, who knows how long this is going to take? You know, took Abraham, what, 10 years, Joseph, 15 years. Who knows how long it's going to take me? But we're going to stay with it. We're going to keep believing. And it is good. It's a good thing to keep believing. It's a good thing to stay with it. God is honored by that. But can I tell you what else the Bible is full of? You ready for this? Suddenly. Can I tell you what else the Bible's full of? Immediately. So why aren't we believing for that? I know we've got these great examples of people who, who believe God and stuck with it, and that is a good example. And we need to be willing, if we're going to believe big, we need to be willing to stand long, to stand as long as it takes. Jesus talked about believing to the end. Amen? But the same Bible has a lot of examples of suddenly God did this and immediately this happened. So why, I'm going to ask you a, a genuine question, why aren't we seeing more suddenly? Why aren't we experiencing more immediately? I'll give you what I believe is the main reason why. Now you ask many people about that and their answer would be, well, God's timing. God's timing is mysterious. And we don't know if it's his time yet for you to be healed. We don't know if it's his time yet for you to be delivered. We're not, we're, we don't know. So we just, we trust his timing. 
They usually have that sour look on their face when they say, trust his timing. I'm going to tell you something today. I think it has very little to do with his timing. Why aren't we seeing more suddenly, more immediately? You want to know why? We're not expecting it. I believe that's the biggest reason why we have not seen more suddenlies, more immediatelys. Listen again to what Brother Jerry said. He said, if you're not careful, you can come to the place where you're speaking the word, but you're not really expecting it to come to pass. And the scripture he used here is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, verse 3. This is God speaking. I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them and they came to pass. He is our God of suddenly. Is he not still a God of suddenlies today? Is he not still a God of immediatelys today? Or has all that passed away? No, if we see it in the word, we can have faith for it. I said, if we see it in the word of God, you can have faith for some suddenlies in your life, some immediatelys in your life, because he's still the God of suddenly. He's still the God of immediately today. And we are living in a day of acceleration when that time is being compressed. The word of God is full of these suddenlies and immediatelys. And the ministry of Jesus in particular is really just one suddenly and immediately after another, after another, after another. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read them to you. How does faith come? By hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So if we need to stir up some faith and some expect expectation for immediately, then what word do we need to hear? You need to hear the word immediately over and over. Now, we've talked about this in, in past weeks, but our prime example of this was from the book of John chapter 6. And that was the day Jesus broke all kinds of natural laws, beginning with feeding 5,000 people or more with a little boy's lunch. Natural law says you can't do that. Spiritual law, the law of multiplication, says, yes, I can. Watch me. And he fed thousands of people that day to the point they all were filled and satisfied. And after that, he went away to pray and the disciples got on the boat and they were going to cross over again to the other side. We've looked at this and this is from John chapter six and it says the storm arose on the sea and they got about uh, into the middle of the sea when Jesus came walking to them. There's natural law number two out the window. Natural law says you cannot walk on water. Supernatural law is when you involve the unseen, Right? And all natural law gets broken. So evidently Jesus had some other foundation beneath his feet. That's what supernatural law provides. And he went walking to them on the sea. And the Bible says they willingly received him into the boat. Look at it, John chapter 6, verse 21. They willingly received Jesus into the boat and immediately, do you see it? Immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. How soon? Hours later? Days later. No, natural law would say, look, you've made it this far in this many hours. If you're in the middle, it's going to take you at least that long to get to the other side. But supernatural law says, how quick? Come on, how fast? Immediately. So just listen to some of these. You don't have to turn there. 
But just listen, I'm going to stir some faith on the inside of you. Matthew chapter 20, verse 34, talks to us about two blind men that were crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Matthew 21, verses 19 through 22, seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Now notice this, what really blew these guys away was not that the fig tree withered, it's that the fig tree withered so soon. The time thing. They had seen Jesus work with his words. They had seen and witnessed him speak and things happen. But this time he's speaking to an inanimate object. And it says immediately with it withered. And they just had such a hard time with the time factor. Immediately it withered. And they said, how did this happen so soon? And Jesus said to them, Jesus answered and said to them, it happened because I'm the son of God. So don't you try to do this. Is that what he said? No. He said, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Come on. Is Jesus telling these guys, telling us we can do the same thing? We can expect the same kind of results? <laughs> See, I'm telling you, our expectation's low. You can tell it. Come on, we got to get this up a little bit. Is Jesus telling them? Is he saying to them, now, don't you try this. I'm special. I'm God's anointed. I'm his son. That's the reason I can do these things. Did he say anything like that? No. When they said, how'd that happen? And how'd that happen so soon? He talked to them about their faith. He said, if you have faith, if you have faith, and if you will do what you saw me do, you will get the same kind of results. What kind of results? Immediate. Immediate. It's a supernatural acceleration. The Bible goes on. Listen to this from Mark chapter 5. And this is just a few of these. Down around verse 27, we read about a woman who had been sick for 12 years See, we, we're given the time factor here. But when she heard about, about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. What's the next word? Come on, church. I know you're here. What's the next word? Immediately. Now, if you just like waiting a long time for stuff, then you don't got to respond to any of this today. You just sit there. We'll be out in a few minutes. But if there's anybody else interested in some supernatural acceleration, then what you and I are going to have to do is jack up our expectation about it. Because the big reason we have not been experiencing it is because we haven't been expecting it. So if you want to start expecting it, you're going to have to let the word set the expectation. When she heard about Jesus, 
she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment and said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Come on, what's the next word? Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. This chronic disease she'd had for 12 years, how long did it take to get it healed? Another 12 years. Another 10 years. Another few months. Not even another few seconds. Immediately, she felt it. She knew it. She had proof of it. That fountain of blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately, knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, who touched me? All these things happened, just like Amos said, one right on the heels of another. Luke chapter 4, verse 39. Jesus comes into Peter's mother-in-law's house where she's laying sick with a fever The Bible says he stood over her and rebuked the fever. Now, did you notice this? He didn't talk to Peter's mother-in-law. He wasn't talking to anybody else in the room. What was he talking to? The fever. He spoke to the fever. What was he speaking to back in the book of Matthew? And we see it in Mark chapter 11. He talked to a tree. Now, you start doing this, and people who kind of had an idea that maybe you were crazy are going to be fully convinced you are crazy. But what did Jesus say when they said, how'd you do that, Jesus? How'd that happen so fast? He told them, if you have faith, you will do the same thing that was done to this tree. Not only that, he said, you can speak to this mountain. Now, nobody go start talking to these mountains. I like these mountains we have around our church. I think these are pretty mountains. But if you got some other mountains in your life you don't want there, what do you need to be doing? Now, we take this stuff for granted, but do you know in in churches all over the world right now, preachers are telling people all about how God will give you strength to climb the mountain. He never told you to climb the mountain. He told you to speak to it. Talk to it. Get your faith going here. Get some words coming out of your mouth. Huh? And you can fully expect that mountain will take six to eight weeks to crumble. Well, some mountains are tall and they take years. Hey, we're going to believe for as long as it takes, but I'm prompted right now that I need to start expecting immediately, suddenly. Amen? So Jesus speaks not to any other person. He speaks to the fever. And he rebuked the fever. I ain't even done with this. Notice he didn't even talk to God. He didn't see the fever and start talking to God. See, this is what people are doing. Oh God, the fever. Oh God, the cancer. Oh God, the pain. Oh God, the lack. Jesus didn't even talk to God. What he talked to? The fever. He spoke to the fever. And can fevers hear? Well, let's find out. He rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she rose and served them. John chapter 5. Can you take a couple more of these? 
This is about the man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus had asked him, do you want to be made well? He launched into a series of excuses. But Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And what happened? Immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Immediately, this happened. Now, people read this and they think, okay, that's easy. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. How can we expect to do that? Well, I'm, so, I'm glad you brought that up. You're wrong, but I'm glad you brought it up. Because Acts chapter 2 and all throughout the book of Acts talks about suddenlies, talks about immediatelies. Does anybody remember this suddenly from Acts chapter 2 verse 2? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Suddenly it happened. Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John were walking into the temple, there was a man who had been, uh, was lame and been laid there every day. You know the story. Peter said to him, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. This is all time being compressed. See, God designed the human body and put a measure of healing already in it. We know this because when you were a child and you fell and you scraped your knee or your elbow, you don't still have that scrape. You're not still bleeding from your elbow because you fell off your bike 32 years ago. What happened? Well, that healed up. Oh, it did what now? It healed up. God put that in the body. Our bodies have a measure of that life, that power, that quickening working in them. Do you want to know what a miracle is? You take the days or weeks or months that it took for you to heal, and a miracle is all that jammed into immediately, crammed into a moment, a second of time. It is a suddenly. And that's what happened for this man. He was born this way, had lived his life this way, lame for 40 years. That's a long time to be lame. But what happened immediately? Peter looked at him and he said, what I do have and what he's got, he got back in Acts chapter 2 when suddenly a sound came from heaven and it filled the room where they waited, and they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's what he's got now. And a chapter later, he says, now that I've got that, I'm going to give you some of it. And what he's got, what came to him suddenly, he's now given to somebody else, and they're receiving it suddenly. And immediately, the man's feet and ankle bones received strength. And the Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God. Should we be willing to stand and believe God for, for, for manifestations of healing no matter how long it takes? Yes. Be willing to believe. You're going to believe big? Stand long. But you know what Brother Hagin said this years ago? He said, if you're willing to stand forever, you won't be standing long. If you're willing to stand forever, you won't be standing long. Abraham was willing to stand for eternity which makes 10 years seem like nothing, right? And this man who was laid at this temple had a 40-year condition in his body. And immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he went walking, he went leaping and praising God. Acts chapter 9, 
Verse 34, Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And he arose immediately. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on Paul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road has, uh, as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Acts chapter 16, verse 18, talks to us about uh, Paul being out on the road in ministry and this young girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination was following them around, crying out over and over, these men are servants of the Most High God. Let's listen to them. But it wasn't God speaking through her. It says in verse 18, this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, <laughs> greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So is this stuff that's just relegated to the ministry of Jesus? No, we're seeing it all through the life and the ministry of the apostles, in Peter, in Paul, in, in others. Immediately, he came out that very hour. I like this one. You might be ready to shout and sing after this one. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. What's the next word? suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Sarah, I think somebody ought to write a song about that. <laughs> suddenly there was an earthquake. Immediately the doors were opened. Suddenly there was an earthquake and immediately the doors were open. What preceded all that? These guys are locked up in prison. They're chained to the wall. But instead of whining and griping and complaining and crying, they're singing, praising God with hymns. And what happens? Suddenly, the earth begins to shake. All at once, the doors fling open wide. And we're standing on the other side, singing songs of faith and songs from heaven. Somebody ought to write these lyrics down. These are good. Somebody say it suddenly, suddenly. And, immediately. and immediately. Now, in case you're slow, that's the title of my message. <laughs> suddenly, say it again. Suddenly. And, immediately. and immediately. See, we're talking about supernatural acceleration. But the reason we haven't been experiencing more of these things is because we haven't been expecting these things. We have limited the life of faith to things that just take a long time. We've just assumed that believing God means I'm going to have to believe for a very, 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 very long time. And listen, if you got to believe from now to the day you die or Jesus comes back, time's passing. You might as well be believing anyway. But it's time for us to stir up some expectation. I am right now changing my mentality. I'm changing the way I think, and I'm changing the way I speak. See, we've got to change the way we've been thinking. We've been putting everything off to someday. 
someday. And you'll notice religion does this. Puts everything off to someday. Oh, someday God's gonna. Someday God will do this. Someday God will do that. And, and religion and tradition puts everything off till someday. But you know what? I'm changing that. I'm changing it for me. We're changing it in this church. I'm not going to think someday. You know what I'm going to start saying? Any day now. Any day now. Any moment of any day. And that's my answer to any question. That's my answer to the question of, when, well, when is God going to do that? Any day now. What is that? That's expectation. Expectation. Any day now. Somebody say it. Any day now. That needs to be your answer. When some critical or unbelieving person wants to know, well, when is that going to happen? You've been talking this talk for a long time. Well, when's that going to happen? And what what do you say? Any day now. Oh, any day. Any moment. Any day now. Well, when, when are you, uh, you, you talk all this talk about healing. When's that healing uh, going to show up in your body? And what's the answer? Yeah. Well, someday, you know, I, I know God can. No. What's the answer? Yeah. Any day. Any day. That shows expectation. The word the Bible uses for expectation is the word hope. We don't often use the word hope in the same way the Bible uses it, but we got to change the way we use it. When people, you hear them talk about hope, is this going to happen for you? Is is God going to do this? Well, you know, I sure hope so. That's not Bible hope. That's them saying, I really want him to. I really wish he would. But that's not hope. Put a Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 on the screen for us. You've heard this before. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. That word substance literally means foundation. And the word hope literally means expectation. So faith is not the substance of things you wish would happen. Faith is not the substance of things you really, 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 really want to happen. Faith is the substance, the foundation for what you are confidently expecting to happen. Notice faith is the what? The foundation. Hope is the expectation. Your expectation must have a foundation. And faith in God, faith in Jesus, faith in his word is the foundation that we build our expectation on. Faith is the foundation. Hope is is your expectation. Again, it's not your wishing, it's not your wanting. You are confidently expecting. I am confidently expecting healing in this body. Where do you get the right? Where do you get the confidence to expect healing? My faith in Jesus. My faith in his word, my confidence in him gives my expectation a foundation. Amen. So we're changing the way we're thinking and the way we're talking about these things. We're not, putting, we're not putting healing way off out into the future. We're not putting provision way off out into the future. We're expecting it. And we are expecting it any day. In my mind, it's like a woman who's about, you know, 38, 39 weeks pregnant. And what's happening? She is expecting 
Any day now. Any day now. Wow, are you having a baby? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, no, you are. We can tell. There's a confident expectation. Now, this is another message, but notice what goes with that expectation. Nine months of preparation. That's what faith does. Faith prepares. Faith gets ready. And I don't care if you've been in faith a day, a week, a month, or a year. What you need to be doing through all that time is preparing, preparing. What are you preparing for? What I'm expecting. I'm getting ready because it's coming. It's coming. Well, when is it coming? Any day now. Any day now. So let me ask you, this healing that you've been believing God for, when's that going to show up in your body? What's the answer? Any day. Jesus bought it. He paid for it. It's done. I believe it. I'm expecting it. Any day now. What about that promotion you've been needing, you've been wanting, you've been believing God for? When are you going to get promoted? Well, you know, I mean, I guess whenever in God's timing, no, you need to get your expectation up. I'm expecting it. Hmm? Any day now. Let me try this one on you. When's that building going to be paid for? When's that church getting paid off? Well, you know, we started the project six months ago and we've had X amount of dollars come in then. So if you take that amount and you divide it by the months, it shows that we've got this much more to go. So I think this project will be paid off in, or you can, you can jack up some expectation with me, get your hopes way up high and say, this place is getting paid off any day now, any day now, immediately we're at our destination. Come on, is this being stirred up in anybody? In, any day now. Any day now. This is the way we're supposed to be living concerning everything. Most especially the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are told to be watching, right? For his return. And people for 2,000 years, you know what they've been saying about Jesus coming back? Any day now. Now, that's a long time to stand. We are part of a church that's been standing and believing for his return. And people since the day he left, including the 12 disciples, including the, the 120 in the upper room, including the thousands that the, the church grew by in the following days, including this church in here today, we've all been saying, when's Jesus coming back? Any day. Well, that's a long time to stand. Don't you think if he was going to come back, he would have? No, nah, he's coming back any day now. And we're watching for him and we're waiting for him because we are, I'm expecting. I am expecting the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are supposed to be living with that expectation every single day of our lives. My great-grandmother I was one of the only grandkids, great-grandkids that really got time around my great-grandparents. My, 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 my sister and my cousins got some, but they were so much younger when they passed away. But I really got to spend a lot of time with Nani and Granddad. And my great-grandmother, she was a prayer. She was an intercessory prayer warrior. I'm telling you, she would pray night and day at times. And she was famous in our family and among those she ministered to for always talking about Jesus coming back. 
He's coming back. He's coming back. And she would say to our family at the beginning of the year, this is the year. This is the year Jesus is coming back. And my papa would say to her, mother, you said that last year. Yeah, I know, but he's coming back this year. I know it's this year. And the next year would come around and she'd say, Jesus is coming this year. Oh, he's coming this year. And the family would say, Nani, you said that last year. Yeah, but he's coming this year. That generation lived with such an expectation. They came up with some funny things about it, honestly. They, they would tell people, now, you don't want to go watch them movies in that theater. Is that where you want to be when Jesus comes back? <laughs> you don't want to be in that, that godless theater when Jesus comes. They lived with this constant expectation of Jesus coming back. You know, we're supposed to be living with that today. Every day. When is he coming back? Any day. Any day. And we do this around our house. Our kids talk all the time about Jesus coming back. Our son, our daughter, our 13-year-old, our 10-year-old, they're constantly talking about Jesus coming back. And we talk about things we're going to do in the future or places we're going to go or, 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 or trips we're going to take. And we kind of talk about it, but then they'll say, yeah, but you know, Jesus will probably be back before that. Justice and I were talking, I guess a year or so ago, and he's really into sports and he's watching football and he's got his fantasy football team. And so he watches all the trades and the players and where they're going to different teams. And, and I asked him, I got to ask him these questions. I said, well, where did that, where did that one quarterback go? He's not playing for that team anymore. It's like, no, he got traded. He got traded to this other team and they traded him for two first round picks in 2024. But then he goes, but Jesus is going to be back before that. He's laughing at this team that picked 2024 draft picks because Jesus is going to be back. What's it going to matter? <laughs> Jesus will be back. And we talk about this all the time. Sometimes when we're putting Jesse to bed, she'll, she'll bring it up. Yeah, we might go do this, but, but you know, Jesus really could come back before that. And I'll, I'll say to her, yeah, you know, honestly, he could come back right now. <laughs> okay, he didn't. But... When's he coming, church? Any day. Any day. That's called living with expectation. Let me give you just one more scripture. We'll begin to wrap this up. Musicians, you guys come on up. Go with me, please, to the book of Luke chapter 4. Suddenly and immediately. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 4. We touched on this last week talking about that moment of momentum, acceleration. The word momentum itself literally begins with the word moment. All momentum, whether it's in your life or my life or in, in the course of the life of a business or a church or a ministry, all momentum begins with a moment. And oftentimes you can point back to that moment and say, that's where it all started. Jesus had a moment in his life where the momentum began in his ministry. And we talked about this last week. It was baptism. When he went under the waters of baptism and the Spirit of God came on him, that moment began the momentum in his life and ministry. And we see that here. In John chapter 4, starting in verse 14, Jesus has just been baptized. He went into the wilderness. He resisted the enemy. And the Bible says in John 4, or excuse me, Luke 4, Luke 4, 
verse 14, that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Verse 16, he came to Nazareth. Now, when you couple this with other gospel accounts, and even in other translations, some will use the word momentum to describe everything that had been going on in his ministry. When he came out of those waters of baptism, the sick were being drawn to him and healings were taking place over and over and over. And the lame were being made to walk and the dead were being raised. It's powerful things. Verse 16, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now notice this, verse 20. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, listen, are you ready for this? Today. Do you hear what he said? When? Today. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now you got to remember he's reading from the prophet Isaiah who spoke these words hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before this. And so these people had grown up generation after generation knowing these words, having heard these words. And these words were always in reference to the coming Messiah. So for them, it was always out in the future. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. The Messiah's coming and the spirit of the Lord is going to be upon him. Oh, won't that be wonderful? He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And the religious people heard these words and they knew these words. But when somebody dared to stand up and read these words and say, what? Today. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now you read on and you couple it with other gospel accounts and these people, the Bible says, were offended at him. They could not get over that he used that word today. They said, who, who is this? We know him. We know his family. He's from like down the street. What are you talking about today? This scripture is fulfilled. We know you. Get down from there. And they were offended. They couldn't get over that, number one, it was somebody they knew. And that, number two, he dared to say, today. Today it's fulfilled. See, religion pushes it off out into the future. Religion says, well, no, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And the very people who claimed to be looking for his coming were offended when he said, hey, it's today. Today is the day. Today is the day. What does the scripture say? Listen to this. From 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, 
now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What did the psalmist say? Tomorrow is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, what did he say? He said today. What did Jesus say? Today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, which means if it was fulfilled that day, then it's still fulfilled this day. And what scripture is he saying? He stood up there and said, right now, here, in this place, right now, the spirit of the Lord is on me to preach the gospel to the poor right now. Which means what? Poor? There's an anointing and you don't have to stay poor. Something can happen when? Suddenly, immediately, today. Things that have taken years and years and years to happen in the past can happen when? Now, today. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is on Jesus, anointing him to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Which means if your heart's been broken and has been broken for 20 years, you don't have to wait another 20 years. You don't got to wait another 20 minutes. You can be healed today because this is the day. Now is the day of salvation. When Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree to see Jesus, a wee little man was he. You couldn't say that today, could you? vertically challenged individual. He climbed up to see Jesus and Jesus said, get down from there. I'm going to your house. And they went to his house and Zacchaeus said, Lord, if I've defrauded any man, I'm going to return it back to him. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to your house. When you were a sinner and you cried out to God and you said, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. The Bible says you were saved. How long did that take? How long was that application process? Huh? How much paperwork were you required to fill out and send in? How long did you have to wait until the heaven corporate office got back to you to find out whether or not your application was accepted or denied? Huh? How long? Immediately. The greatest miracle that has ever taken place took place in your life and it happened immediately. Because today's the day of salvation. So why are we put... I got to preach to somebody up here. Why... Are we pushing everything off? How can salvation happen now, but healing takes a few decades? I got scripture after scripture after scripture that tells me immediately, tells me suddenly. Come on, stand up on your feet. I got verses. Folks, I got Bible. Yeah, but you know, I heard, so I don't care. I got Bible. Well, I know somebody else who prayed and they believed and they didn't. Yeah, but I got Bible. I got Bible. You know what it says? Suddenly, immediately. You know what I say? Come on, any day now. Any day now. It's coming. It's happening. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Say it out loud. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. 
today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Do you believe that? Do you believe this word that things that have taken you years and years in the past can, that time can be condensed and the seed of the word that's been sown in your heart can produce harvest? And what used to take years can take days? What used to take days can take just a moment of time? Are we living in those days? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And if you wake up tomorrow and you hadn't seen it yet, that's all right. What do you say? Any day now. You know what I'm saying? Today is a good day for a miracle. I think we do ourselves good to wake up every single day and let those words be the first ones out of our mouth. Today is a good day for a miracle. This is a good day for what? You look outside, sun shining, you think, oh, this is a good day for a miracle. Or maybe you look out there and it's raining cats and dogs. What do you say? Oh, this is a good day for a miracle. Maybe you look outside and we're covered in three feet of snow. What do you say? This is a good day for a miracle. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. Every day you've got breath in your lungs. It's a good day to believe God. It's a good day to stir up some expectation. And we are living in a day of acceleration. Amen? And we're going to see these things more and more because our expectation is coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. We're building a foundation for our expectation in the days of acceleration. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. Praise you, Father. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to do what I saw in my heart. Somebody's ready for a, for a suddenly. Somebody's ready for an immediately. I, th I believe it has to do with some chronic thing. Just like that woman who dealt with that for 12 years, just like that man who dealt with that, that inability for 40 years, there's something that somebody has been dealing with and it's, it's coming back and it's coming back and it's coming back. That's what chronic means. And you think you get rid of it, but then it comes back. And you think it's gone and then it comes back. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. Today is the day. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm going to lay my hands on you. If you're bold enough to meet me at this altar, I'm bold enough to pray for you and expect some things to begin to happen now. Immediately today, this scripture is fulfilled. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.